Next name is that's a good one. Pluppy, aka Tavik. So why do people call him Pluppy? Is I think Pluppy was the account that um, he signed up into the beta with. So obviously a lot of people wanted to have close beta access. So what a lot of people did was sign up with several accounts in order to increase the uh, probability of getting in. Now, one of Tavik's accounts was Pluppy. And at the time, Pluppy was an actual monster. So he was un probably unarguably the best player in the world. He was playing everything. He was playing constantly. He was one of the sickest Granias to this day. Um, probably was pulling these 14-hour days already during that time. He was playing support. Like... There were times when he was playing the EU tournament, and then when an NA team needed a ringer, he would play Lucio for them or something like this. Like, completely crazy amounts of uh, work he put in. He was constantly grinding. Um, obviously, a very good DPS player. Probably one of the first impressive Genjis. Tivik definitely considered the best player at some point in the game. And his career progression to the teams was quite interesting. So he started out in Pop Stars, then went over to Maidong, which was sort of like a Quake and personality mix with famously um, esports shoutcaster now turned, uh, I think, game developer uh, James Toogood Harding. And then Tivik went over to the aforementioned IDD Cutie and had a lot of success there until he switched over to Rogue, I believe because of some disagreement in IDDQD. Rogue was then very strong for a while. It had a little bit of a battle with creation, you know, with Nyx and Numlocked. At TakeOver, Rogue could edge it out over creation, but then at the, um, I think it was Asa Pro Masters or something like this, they were able, at Asa Pro Challenge it was, at the Asa Pro Challenge, they were then able to get it back over them in the finals. And it was really a competitive summer, I believe, between these two teams, Creation Esports and uh, Rogue, who at the time, of course, weren't, you know, the French lineup that we have in mind. There was still uh, Tivik and, um, of course, Reinforce. Um, in that mix there. So then Tivik went to Misfits and Mayhem and the rest is history in that regard. Next player. Linkser. He started out in Planet Key Dynamics. That that was, uh, I believe, Planet Key should be a German orc. I'm not 100% on that one. But then quickly sort of switched over to Flat Earth, as I mentioned, stuck with Numlock through Creations, through Dignitas, and then interestingly joined up with the NIP guys who were called Rest in Pajamas at the time, who then later became Giganti, and then obviously through Giganti, uh, under the, I think, coaching of Saita, Linkser was able to um, make it uh, to the big leagues with Houston Outlaws. Linkser already, I remember going to take over one, and he was already a very up-and-down player, had some well, he said, I think at the time the the thing was that he was uh, had bad pizza there, and I can tell you I take it, but there's some bad pizza around that place, so I absolutely believe it if he said he had a, had food poisoning. But I felt like there was some stage light there. I, I don't know if he would uh, sign that himself. But 
since then he has, one, has been one of the streakiest players and simply because of his high highs he always remained relevant as we also saw in the Overwatch League. Very early, already a pretty nuts um, uh, Widowmaker was like one of the best Widowmakers already during the time when uh, Cloud9, the roster around uh, Reva and uh, you know now turned coach Kai Kai um, was the best team in the world so Linksa was certainly part of that and um, n not part of the team but part of the group of elite Widowmakers he had a good Genji if I remember correctly so he already had a knack for these types of heroes and actually he, his Genji might even be a little bit underrepresented in his uh, hero pool nowadays I wonder how good he could be uh, if he was to you know re reinvest himself into the role Next up player, okay, this is also a, a super crazy one, and it's Nevix. So Nevix started out on a team called Eccentric, then moved to SK Gaming, also at the time with Mendo. I remember watching SK Gaming uh, games because um, obviously SK Gaming is a very big esports brand. I wasn't interested what kind of a team they picked up. I looked at them, was not impressed. That tells you something about my... Um, ability to uh, to see talent at least at the time because I definitely missed out on Mendo, Mendo and Nevix um, even played against Nevix a little bit in ranked at the time and uh, then Nevix went over to Graviton Search and from there on went to Misfits and it was sort of interesting so Nevix was a DPS super, like very good DPS had some nuts situations. I remember, I think it was at TakeOver 1 where he, uh, was it some Dorado player, I think, on Widow? I might be misattributing that to a different player. Uh, whatever. And um, no, Nevix then obviously had some of the crazy plays. He was a pretty good May. He was a Reaper. And then he also turned like he also was a very good Ana at the time, possibly one of the best in the game when, when he was playing the role. So that like Nevix has had that on lock already during the better days and then after release. But then he turned into a flex tank. And now I, I'm hearing he actually is again a marvelous flex tank. So this guy's career progression is pretty nuts and it wouldn't even be out of character for him to pick up Nain Tank <laughs> at some point because then he has, I believe, all the roles uh, on check. Um, then uh, Nevix, obviously, from Misfits went to CDU and then was picked up by the Shock. Um, on the Shock, he was then playing a lot of the season but then was eventually sort of pushed out by Choi Oben. I wonder how that will go on in the future. I already talked about this in the shock video. Can check it out on this channel as well. All right, another player, of course. And that is also a, an old one and a good one is Harry Hook. Now, Harry Hook, the first team I could find for him was for the watch. But overall, one has to say, when Harry Hook dedicates himself to a team and becomes part of a core, he seems extremely loyal. I couldn't even, like, I was double-checking some of those uh, this, those team names, and a lot of these players, as I said, they have, like, seven, eight different teams they were part of. As far as my research can find, 
Harry was on four in his entire career. And two of them are Envy and Dallas. So he went from For the Watch to IDDQD, which was basically already Envy. Then that became Envy, then that became Dallas. So this guy has been with the same core for the longest time now, right? And uh, obviously uh, main support, but if you've been an Overwatch fan, um, maybe for half its lifespan, then you probably know that he also plays a marvelous soldier. And uh, I, I know, for instance, Baroy always said that during that time he was checking the stats and he thought Harry Hook was playing defensive soldier in such a crazy way that if that ever was to be meta, you could just build a team around him and it would probably work. Harry was, at the time we were talking about this, an absolutely crazy defensive soldier had... Uh, solid tracking, but also just the way he approached the game from that defensive position was oh, like just imposing on the opponent, right? Obviously, obviously, if you have to, if you talk about Harry Cook, you also have to talk about Taimu. Now, Taimu is one of the most ridiculous cases of a player like making an, a one eighty turn in his approach to the game. So. Um, initially, he was on a Portuguese team um, called Kick Esports, and for them, he was playing Mercy, <laughs> and obviously, Mr. Good Aim then turned out to be pretty good at aiming, and eventually then became a DPS player, was then on IDDQD, but had a minor disagreement, and I remember at the time that he was quite down, and he was grinding back up again he was trying to like he created these threats on forums and tried to get a new team going but eventually uh he was brought back in i think when when mendo left i believe or kvik something like this of the sort and um suddenly uh, time was desirable again and much like linkser actually i think linkser peaks more consistently so Linkser probably has um, more frequent peaks, but Taimu definitely had the higher peaks in his career and also had his peak lasted a long time and only recently really had a dip in performance and um, obviously didn't play as much as we would have liked him to play um, based on the the things he can do because are still in this Overwatch League season, I think like peak time was absolutely for these these couple of games where his Widowmaker was on point, he was one of the scariest in the world. I think you you could even put Saya player uh, on the same level as time was for these very few games. Um, certainly very interesting that this developed out, out of uh, week one Mercy player. Um, Maybe a little, like, additional shout-out to a late bloomer, and I hope it happens for him. So, just as a sort of rounding out the video, and again, I probably have missed a ton of players, but uh, I want to talk about Fisher. Fisher. Not Fisher, the Korean, but Fisher, the Norwegian guy. So, Fisher came in and played for Watch Out Gaming. Um... Didn't really turn any heads at the time, but then got onto the shafts, which interestingly was coached by Kirby, the uh, current, well, I don't actually know what his current role is for 
um, the fusion, but he still does something there. Was obviously head coach last season, and that then became Hammers. Fisher then uh, Fisher then moved to Mosaic, and then most recently um, was on GGEA. So this guy certainly had a little bit of unlucky occurrences in his career, but um, I think Fisher was always one of the best or the most coachable and he's he's sort of like he's that uncomfortable skill level of just not being good enough to get into the Overwatch League and I think some some teams may could have uh, taken a gamble on him for instance that maybe he could have been if he had Maybe very impressive trials could have been on uh, the Boston Uprising. I actually have no inside information about this, but this would be one of those players. Now, if if it, he's once again, I think, uh, on Team Norway this year, if I recall correctly, um, if he was to finally make it into the Overwatch League, man, that that guy had some tenacity, right? To not never really be on a an absolute top sp sponsored uh, team or really get a paycheck. But stick around for such a long time and then also have so many bumps in the road in his career where people didn't pay him or whatever to still be around to still try that would honestly be a very satisfying story at least for me to see him finally make it and uh may maybe one day we will see him there I hope you had fun with that game. I agree. This should have. This is probably a better video if done by ZP because he was obviously casting already during the time. Has probably much better memory than I did um, about that period. But um, yeah, I thought I, I'd give it a fair shake. As far as I remember, it. we had some pretty cool storylines, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for watching.